goodness, uh, Chris Martin from Coldplay. Uh, I can't I can't believe I get to play Magic the Gathering against you. It's such an honor. Uh, I guess we need to decide who goes first. Usually, uh, I like to do a four die high roll if you're into that. Okay. Uh, um, are you sure you want to do two dice? That's kind of boring. Uh, may maybe like a, a five die high roll for for some spice. I mean, are you sure, Chris Martin from Coldplay? Like, we could just... <laughs> Alright, I guess we'll, uh, do your thing then. <laughs> Welcome to the Judge Tower Podcast. <laughs> My name is Jan. And with uh, me is none other than Sam, tournament grinder Cephalus. You know, I the the thing I dread about these podcasts uh, is not setting up the show notes or the or doing the editing, uh, mostly because I don't do any of that. Uh, <laughs> it's these intros, but that one <laughs> that one killed me. About, I I had that idea about two weeks ago when I heard it over uh, the intercom at work. <laughs> I'm like, all right, how do I do this? <laughs> and then, so, I <laughs> I bought the song. You bought the song. I bought the song. That's how. That's how. Uh, that's how committed I am. And then. So we ain't getting no copyright strikes or anything. Uh, hopefully not. We're also hopefully. yeah. Well, hopefully not. Uh, we'll figure it Seems out. Absolutely. It, yeah. Um. And I did that all in like, uh, behind the scenes. By the way, I asked for like an extra five to ten minutes. Uh, that was to download a soundboard so that <laughs> I could make sure that that could be uh, that okay. could uh, that could work out. That's all right. Amazing. Well. Well, this is episode number six. Uh, this is the Innistrad Crimson Vow card review. Yeah, and uh, and Crimson Vow, it's it's a really good set, really unique set, and I'm excited to see what it brings for Judge Tower. Which, by the way, people in our city have been playing a lot of Judge Tower. I keep joking. It's the third most popular constructed format in it's the city. So true. It is. Besides it's, Commander it's, and Modern, people love Judge Tower. It, and it's great. It's great. Like we've had to uh we, we've had so much interest at like these weeklies and these these tournaments that we're going to for Judge Tower that we had to modify our rule set a little bit so that our starting hand size is now our judge level plus 1 just because we have a bunch of uncertified judges or people who don't want to be judges playing and starting with a bunch of people starting without a card, not so fun, so uh, to make up for that, now I get to start with three cards. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> pain, pain for you. It's just mm. the the hits keep on coming. Yep. All right, so, so Crimson, Crimson Vow. Yeah, it brought a lot of uh, a lot of old stuff and a lot of new stuff to the table. Um, let's uh, let's start with one of the not the main mechanics, but a cycle of cards. Um, the cemetery cycle, quote unquote. Um, it's five mythics. One of each color. Um, when the, here's the fun part about this cycle, right? They have they exile cards from graveyards, but yes. like 
they don't always have the same condition when they do it. So, yeah. for example, some of them, they enter the battlefield, then they ex exile a card. Some of them uh, on attack. Some of them when they, like, die. Some of them on ETB and attack, right? Like, some it's very illuminator, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a pain to be honest, but I mean that. Oh, that's perfect. That, that's perfect. <laughs> that works out. Yeah, that's perfect for the format. So uh, we'll we'll discuss all all five of them. Maybe we'll do it in uh, bottom up order. So the the least interesting, uh, working your way up to the to the most interesting cards to include. Uh, so we'll start off with Cemetery Prowler. This is the green one. Uh, one green green for a three four wolf with vigilance. Um, so what's the downside? There is none. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, exile a card from a graveyard. And then it has spells you cast cost one less to cast for each card type they share with cards exiled with Cemetery Prowler. So it's it's not amazing in Just Terror. Like, I will die to Vigilance almost every time. The the, the thing in, with, with this in Judge Terror specifically is we're not really thinking about costs until someone asks you. And then when you get asked how much you're spell costs you start to kind of realize something's up and you look at your board so and then and then you'll figure it out so this is why we have it fifth out of the cycle for judge tower just doesn't do a whole lot in, in this particular format good card no. but great card uh throw it in all your uh all your werewolf commander deck <laughs> singular because there's only singular. one commander for it yeah uh is next up oh uh, well they they have uh tovalar the red green one, and then they they have like terrible support for commander, mm. and they didn't print a a commander product for werewolves because uh, logistics. That surprises me. Yeah. Yeah, people like it, but also it turns out that it's very difficult to make a whole lot of werewolves. Uh, this ain't commander cast. It's not. Uh, next up on our list, we have cemetery desecrator, the black one in the cycle. It is four black black for a four four. Huh. Bad rate. Menace, when it ETBs or dies, exile another card from a graveyard. When you do, oh, reflexive trigger, mm. choose one. Remove X counters from target permanent, where X is the mana value of the exiled card. Or target creature and opponent controls gets minus X minus X, where X is the mana value of the exiled card. So notably, this one, uh, I believe all four of the other ones, I could be wrong, care about the type of card, or like care about the exiled card for more than just a one-shot effect? Uh, so, correct, yes. So this one's unique in that it can exile multiple cards, uh, but the reflexive trigger is linked to, well, the, tr the trigger it originates from, and the card will only, that, the card that was exiled will only be relevant once. And the effect you get from the, tr the reflexive trigger is just bad for the format. Like, it it does more things in the Cemetery Prowler, which is why it's above it. But, like, removing creatures isn't really the thing you want to do most of the time. Because most of the creatures in Judge Tower are geared towards getting your opponent. Or, I suppose, sometimes the creature is trying to get you so you can kill it. But just straight-up removal is not really... The primary goal of cards in Judge Tower. Yep. Um, I suppose removing X counters... Uh, from a, a permanent without uh, counters on it, it's kind of interesting. That is a thing yeah. you can do. Like, this card will will get someone, but it's not not amazing in the format. Yeah. Uh, we move on to Cemetery Gatekeeper, the red one in the cycle. We have this strictly in the middle. I think this card's sick. 
Uh, it is sick, yes. So it's a one and a red, two one with first strike. Good rate. When it ETBs, you exile a card from a graveyard. Uh, whenever a player plays a land or casts a spell, if it shares a card type with the exiled card, Cemetery Gatekeeper deals two damage to that player. See, now this is this is what we're talking about here. The, yeah, the next is, three are, yeah. are fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, like, it's, it's a trigger that cares about types, so you always have to pay attention to any card or land that anyone plays. Very rare to exile a land, but when it does, that's value. Mm-hmm. And it it has a, a very impactful, like, it, it does something, unlike, say, the Prowler. Players cast a lot of spells in Judge Tower, turns out. It's true. Uh, <laughs> it's true. So you chain creatures into instants, into sorceries, and as the controller of the gatekeeper, you you kind of have to, I mean, you gotta, you gotta pay attention, right? It's like Eidolon of the Great Revolt. It's true. Similar, but, but with more steps, because now you have an exiled card that's linked to it. I don't want to use the word. Linked means something a bit different in Magic, but the... Associated. Associated, yes. Associated. Yes, yes. Uh, honestly, this could have been number two. Uh, they're they're kind of tied. Um, close. With Cemetery Protector. Two white-white for a 3-4 human soldier with Flash. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, exile a card from a graveyard. And whenever you play a land or cast a spell, if it shares a card type with the exiled card, create a 1-1 one, one white human creature token. Basically, Flash is like this is the same effect as the as the gatekeeper almost. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference is it only triggers on your spells, but yeah, also has so, Flash. So it's kind of like the opposite. Uh, having Flash is real good in Judge Tower, but it, it's kind of like the opposite effect from from gatekeeper, and and that now it triggers off of only your stuff. Won't talk too much more about it because again, like it basically we basically covered everything talking about the gatekeeper. Uh, I also am really excited to get to this last one because this mm. one, this one, this one is, this one is a clear number one. Yeah. Like, uh, Cemetery Illuminator, uh, one blue blue for a two three spirit with flying. Uh, when it enters the battlefield or attacks, exile a card from a graveyard. Uh, you may look at the top card of your library anytime. Once each turn, you may cast a spell from the top of your library. If it shares a card type with a card exiled with Cemetery Illuminator. Yeah, every I love everything about this card for every sort of format. Uh, it, it makes really weird situations like Fibblethip, the Lost. Oh, oh, oh yes, yeah. yes. Uh, ju- judged an event over the weekend where someone actually, a modern event where someone was playing this card and asked me if they could evoke from the top of the library. Ooh. Uh, you can, right? can, You can, yes. Evoke yeah. is not specific to the hand like fuse or something okay but it, it, it makes for a lot of not so obvious interactions especially once you start getting into uh adventures <laughs> oh no oh yeah oh no so many like, adventures are really good judge tower too uh yes like you have so, giant killer and you have uh queen of ice uh two pretty good creatures with adventure on them Actually, I'm kind of curious. If you exile an instant, say, can you uh, cast Chop Down from the top? Yes, you can. Uh, but you cannot cast Giant Killer from the Correct. top. Correct. Unless you've also exiled a creature, but assuming you've only exiled an instant, you can cast Chop Down or Petty Theft, but mm. you cannot cast Giant Killer or Brazen Borrower. Okay, okay. And look at all these riders. Once each turn... 
Like, yeah. imagine you exiled an instant with this. Yeah. Like, you have to do it on their upkeep if you, like, cast uh, cast an instant off the top. Yep. This is gonna, it, this is gonna get people. And whenever they like, whenever they draw a card, or whenever cards get drawn or removed from the top of the library, you gotta you gotta check again, and uh, it's it's oh, like a melic effect, but it's just a bit more complicated. It's just so specific. I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Um. If you're gonna pick one up, get this one. Cemetery Illuminator. Very good. Um. Next up, uh, a mechanic that we didn't talk about in uh in Innistrad Midnight Hunt. It's Disturb. There was kind of a reason for it. So disturb all the disturb effects. Most I should say of the disturb effects in Midnight Hunt, like having stuff in the graveyard that does stuff is generally pretty good in Judge Tower. But uh, nothing stood out as better than just a random flashback spell, for example, uh, for Judge Tower specifically. But in in this set, we have the auras. Uh, they disturb his auras. Yes. So instead of always just like casting uh, or disturbing the card as a creature, because it's basically always castable, you have some sort of restriction with these disturb cards. Um, and also the exiling or it, the effect where if it gets put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile instead. That's a pretty neat line of text. It's real. And the disturb creatures have it too, but. Yeah, but like if it gets countered on stack, you exile it. Yes, and uh, that'll get someone gets, once. What if it gets remanded? Uh, then it goes back to your hand as the front side of the creature, uh, because it's not going to a graveyard. Right, it's going back oh. to your hand. I was trying to be a bit too cute there. I was thinking about a flashback. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, yeah, it, flashback. It does just get exiled, right? Yes. Like you don't you don't get value from that. No. No, the remand player does. Oh sure, for sure. <laughs> um and there there are two um really nice disturb cards, I think. The first one is uh Catilda, Dawnheart Martyr. Spoiler alert, she dies. One white white for a star star legendary spirit warlock with flying lifelink and protection from vampires. Uh, yeah, that that line of text will get people for sure. Uh, protection from vampires. That's very random. Catilda, Donhart, Martyr's power and toughness are each equal to the number of permanents you control that are spirits and or enchantments. Uh, so if you have an enchantment spirit creature, <laughs> those exist. I've uh, seen weirder it, things happen. Yeah, but uh, maybe you play with some Theros Bastille cards or something like that. I don't know. Okay. Um, but if you have one of those, it'll only count one towards it, right? Yes. Okay. And then it has Disturb, three white-white. You may cast this from your graveyard, transformed for its Disturb cost. And it uh, on the backside, it's Catilda's Rising Dawn, uh, a legendary enchantment aura, enchants a creature. Enchanted creature has flying, lifelink, and protection from vampires, and it gets plus X plus X, where X is the number of permanents you control that are spirits and or enchantments. And if this would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. Uh, it's basically the same effect on the front, but again, it, it comes back as an aura, and if there's nothing to enchant, then it just enters the battlefield. Or, no, you won't be able to cast it, because that's how Disturb works, right? Yes, you need, you yeah. need a target. You will need a target. Um, but man, look at all that word soup. It's a lot of words on it. The rising dong. <laughs> sure is. 
Well, like uh, lifelink, flying, protection from vampires. That's a lot to keep track. Yep. Uh, someone will make a mistake with this card. Yeah. Uh, we also have Mirror Hall Mimic, the obligatory uh, three and a blue clone this set. Uh, it is a zero zero spirit. You may have it into the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield. Except it's a spirit in addition to its other types. It disturbs for three blue blue. It's an enchantment aura on, on the backside with a triggered ability that reads at the beginning of your upkeep, create a token copy that's or a token that's a copy of enchanted creature, except it's a spirit in addition to its other types. Uh, this one's great. If you if you end up having to put it on like some obnoxious creature, just kinda gets you. Uh, it also has the the default line of text where if it would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. Yeah, and uh, I'm a bad influence on people, turns out. <laughs> so when uh, I play Judge Tower, I do it for, for value. Yes. Um, and people have started to do the same. So hopefully <laughs> we get insane amounts of value from this card. Like, you, you could get, like... I don't know some some nice ETB effect like say cemetery illuminator. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, 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 oh yeah. because then go. you gotta keep track. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That there we go. That's a wombo combo right there. <laughs> That's Splinter Twin. That's <laughs> Splinter Twin. Yeah, we've done uh, one more disturb card. I know we said two, but we lied. Ooh. Uh, Radiant Grace is. On the front side, it's an aura. It's a white, single white uh, enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus one, plus O, and has vigilance. Rather, I so, sorry, this one doesn't actually have disturb. It doesn't. You it lied. It's does not. Uh, I did lie again. Uh, uh, let's get the Sharpie of shame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one transforms from a triggered ability. Uh, whenever encha- when enchanted creature dies, return it to the battlefield transformed. Under your control, attached to target opponent. Uh, on the back side, it reads Enchant Player. Creatures Enchanted Player Controls enter the battlefield tapped. Blind Obedience effects are, are just so good. Yeah, and this one specifically targets one player. So yes. it's less annoying than a Blind Obedience, and but still provides that, um, that kind of effect where people <laughs> need to pay attention. Yeah. So yeah, less less headaches. We we talked a little bit about this earlier today, Jan. And say I am the one who controls the radiant restraints, which is the backside of this card, mm-hmm. and I target you. Yeah. And you put a creature into play untapped, and me as the controller of radiant restraints, uh, one of two things happens: I notice it, or someone notices it immediately, uh, and then you lose, or I don't notice it, and someone else points it out. Typically, the way we would play is that only you would lose. But I've been doing some thinking. Dangerous. Dangerous, in that both it, when effects like this happen, both players should lose. Because at competitive, if this comes up, I'm the one who controls the radiant restraints, but you're the one who did the thing, uh, we would both get a game rules violation if went unnoticed. So why is it now different in Judge Tower? So. It, it it adheres more to policy, which is a good thing, honestly, because uh, Judge Tower teaching rules is nice. But if you get some extra value of it, then yeah, that, that's also a plus. It so it I, just mirrors that like just the way we kind of look at 
policy like if we're so focused on game rules why is there a situation where someone at competitive can get a game rules violation that wouldn't cause them to lose in judge tower right true true um so would you mark this with two or one uh probably two because it's funny yeah that's that's, yeah. <laughs> it's good yeah. value it's, it's great value two kills yes. in one not bad one of my favorite type of effects we have Sigarda's Summons, another Crimson Vow card. It's a white rare, so you already know it's going to be bad. Uh, <laughs> four white, white enchantment. Creatures you control with plus one, plus one counters on them have base power and toughness four, four, have flying, and are angels in addition to their other types. So now we have, we're interacting in layer seven twice uh, because. Or we have to know how like counters interact with base power and, and all that favorably is the answer. Yes, it, it's just annoying to track, <laughs> and it's great. It's it's so specific, right? It's, like it is. And plus one plus one counters are not rare. You know they are they are quite common. And if you have this on your board, it's very easy to miss this kind of thing. Or suddenly, because of say like a Zemek Guild Mage, you suddenly have a a four, uh, I guess five five angel with flying, and it also screws up like combat for your opponents if you attack with your angels yep. into them. It's just a lot to like about this card. Mm -hmm. uh, next up, we have our obligatory big blue uh, conditionally unblockable dork. Well, this one's not. Oh, it is. It is conditionally unblockable. <laughs> yes. Yo, I, I'm I'm dumb. <laughs> Uh, Dreadlight Monstrosity, it's a 4 blue blue creature crab horror, uh, a 5-5 five five with ward 2, and an activated ability of 3 blue blue. Dreadlight Monstrosity can't be blocked this turn, and you can activate this only if you own a card in exile. Uh, I think it's worth uh, going over what exactly owning means in Judge Tower. When you own a card, typically it's a card you have drawn or played from the shared library introduced to the game yeah. yes introduced to the game so say you have you have a shared graveyard but you technically own different cards so like let's say a treasure cruise has delved the graveyard and the cards go to exiled if you own a card in the graveyard you will then own that card in exile yeah uh, which lets you activate the ability which is very specific it is and if it gets like different judge towers can have different rules or different ways of kind of interpreting the ownership of a card, but the for the way we play it, uh, this card even even without like even say everyone just owns everything unless they're like in your hand or in play or something. Uh, this card's still really good, mm, and it has War ward. It has wards, yes. Activated but like at at its very core, it's an activated but activated ability. That has a very weird condition. Uh, very uncommon. Um, it's it's kind of like a uh, torrent elemental kind of effect. Uh, sorry, this card this card's actually a common. Not an uncommon. It is a common. So right. uh, pick one up for literally a penny. Uh, <laughs> probably not actually, but uh, just just search your draft chaff. It'll probably be there. Another good one here: patchwork crawler. One in a blue, one two creature zombie horror. Uh, has an activated ability of two and a blue. Exile target creature card from your graveyard and put a plus one plus one counter on Patchwork Crawler. Synergizes with Sigarda Summons. Uh, 
patchwork crawler <laughs> oh, has all activated abilities of all creature cards exiled with it. First off, let's look at the art. I don't um, want this to be an angel. <laughs> Wait. I don't want this to be an angel. <laughs> let's look at it. Yeah. Catch these hands. There's so many hands. <laughs> so many hands. So many. Uh, second, uh, it's kind of a mini Necroticus. Yeah. And that's that's not nothing. It can kind of get confusing if cards with activate abilities uh, reference themselves. People might not know that when a card references themselves, it's like this card. So Patrick Crawler will uh, be able to use that ability. Yeah. Um, but it won't be able to use abilities that are linked to other effects. So uh, I can't really think of one. Technically, this is a linked ability, right? Uh, I believe it would be. My understanding of linked abilities is uh, like Karn Liberated, for example. Its ultimate is linked with its other two abilities. Mm, I see. Uh, that's what I understand linked abilities to be. Yeah, so uh, I can't think of any... Associated once again. Yeah. yeah. I can't think of anything, but I'm sure it'll come up with some uh, with some card at some point. Uh, next up, we have Fell Stinger, uh, two and a black for a three-two zombie scorpion with death touch, uh, and exploit. Exploit is when this creature enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice a creature, and when Fell Stinger exploits a creature, target player draws two cards and loses two life. Yeah. Uh, ex- yeah exploit's interesting. Uh, we didn't really cover it in the mechanics, because uh, it's kind of self-explanatory. Uh, but is there are some neat, like kind of weird things about exploit where if you say kill the fell stinger with the exploit trigger on the stack, and then you sacrifice a creature, you won't get the effect because the fell stinger is not on the battlefield anymore. It, and you can exploit fell stinger to itself to trigger the draw two and lose two. So those are kind of like some things you need to know about exploit. But other than that, it's just nice value you get to give someone two cards which is always always fun in judge tower you give them fuel to kill themselves or uh you just draw two cards yourself because you want the value you know you think you know a person and i was fully 100 percent expecting you to describe fell stinger the uh pokemon move <laughs> uh okay fell stinger is yeah. a bug type move sure uh it's like 20 base power i think uh close is it 30 uh in gen 6 it's 30 in gen 7 and onward it got buffed to 50 uh okay it got relevant i didn't (laughs) know that yes i i stopped playing after like gen 7 a little bit i'm trying to get back into the new brilliant diamond and I just keep forgetting yeah. about it because uh, <laughs> I just don't have time. Uh, maybe, maybe in the future. Anyway, Absolutely. Uh, so we now have Curse of Hospitality. This card is oh. a two and a red enchantment aura curse. Creatures attacking enchanted player have trample. Uh, it also has a triggered ability. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to enchanted player, that player exiles the top card of their library until end of turn. That creature's controller may play that card, and they may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast that spell. 
So this card's great. Uh, the creatures attacking enchanted player having trample. That's on the creatures controller to remember. Uh, unless yes. both players miss it, but it is the responsibility of that player to remember. But the trigger is only uh, the controller of the curse's responsibility to remember. So you have a bit of contradiction there. Also, the effect is just value. It's sweet value. Uh, reminder, colorless is not a color. That's correct. Just uh, keep that in mind. <laughs> yes. Also, um, I definitely didn't say the name of the card uh, in tune with Cult of Personality. <laughs> The Curse of Hospitality. Um, and then a sweet guitar riff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we are super gay, DMC. This is my fault. <laughs> oh my goodness, I didn't even think about uh, that. If we want to go even further, Laid to Rest, the uh, music song. The music song by Lamb of God. Uh, That's another good yep. one. Uh, in Magic, though, Laid to Rest is... A three and a green enchantment. Whenever a human you control dies, draw a card. Whenever a creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it dies, you gain two life. Man, so much synergy. Just a lot of synergy. Like uh, it's all so specific. Right? Yeah. And what's really neat is it's not uncommon for human creatures specifically to care about having or to just have one one counters on them. I think we look at True. cards like Thalia's Lieutenant, which should probably be in the tower. It actually uh, should. It should be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. So this it'll trigger both, uh, both triggers on this. Then you have to stack them and do all that. You know what is uncommon though? This card. Uh, <laughs> next. <laughs> next up. Yeah. Next up, Wolf Strike. Uh, two and a green for an instant at common. Target creature you control gets plus two plus O oh until end of turn. If it's night, then it deals damage equal to its power to target creature you don't control. Just a weird that, card. It's so weird. It's one of those cards where, like, the effect isn't very complicated as far as magic rules are concerned, but it's similar to Dead Ringers, which is a sorcery that reads uh, destroy target not two target non-black creatures unless one of them is a color the other isn't. So it's similar to that card in that you just kind of have to read it a whole bunch to figure out what exactly it's doing. Yeah, it's at its worst, it's a bite. Yeah. But like you have to just finish reading the card. Like the hidden second target at the end of the card is just Yes. It's just gets you out of nowhere. What also can get you out of nowhere is Ancient Lumbernaut. Great name, by the way. Great name. Yep. Uh, two black green for a one for tree folk. Uh, checking the card does not have reach, even though it's green. That's crazy. That's wild. Uh, each creature you control with toughness greater than its power assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. Classic. Classic. Just lots of words that sometimes do stuff. Yeah, this butt damage is really uh really putting in work, and sometimes uh. Sometimes people don't know that damage does not reduce toughness. Yes. Um, so that is that's an important thing to note about the card. Yeah, I blame Arena. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, so apparently there are some bugs on Arena. Mm -hmm. Who would have thought 
yeah. where like sometimes it changes the something about like it shows the power being like let's say for this card it shows the power being four but it's oh. not and it's like you let's say you wolf strike this ancient lumber knot if it's yeah. night and you think it's six power going into a creature but jk it's three yeah that's not great nope this uh no, bugs bugs are never great um similar uh, i don't to, know if they fixed it but similar maybe. to bugs though we have frogs okay <laughs> okay okay pause pause, pause. what the hell <laughs> do frogs and bugs have anything to do with each other uh well they're both uh related to magic gathering so we have grolnok the omnivore Okay. Uh, two, two green blue legendary creature. Frog. Uh, <laughs> three three. Whenever a frog you control attacks, mill three cards. Oh. Whenever a permanent card is put into your graveyard from your library, exile it with a croak counter on it. You may play lands and cast spells from among cards you own in exile with croak counters on them. So you would own all the cro- all the cards that Grolnock exiled uh while it was under your control and then if someone else took the girl knock they wouldn't have access to your croaky cards this card has a lot like it just does a lot on its own and it's a lot to kind of keep track of ever wonder how many frogs there are in magic probably uh, like i can think of uh, i can think of uh the get rock monster yes is a frog wow there are a lot of frogs holy oh all the aneurids from, like, all the old sets became frogs. I didn't know that. But oh, they wow. look pretty froggy, so that makes sense. Yeah. More frogs than I thought there were, to be honest. Um, also, changelings. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, and Yargle. Can't oh, forget Yargle. Can't, can't yeah. Yargle. How come I don't have Yargle in the tower? Was I have one in mind uh, when I ever get around to uh, finding my judge tower. Yeah. <laughs> He's, this man just lost a judge tower. Listen, like, actually, it's, it had been like what two years since I've I've had to worry about where it was. Um, it's true. Uh, if you want more frogs in your judge tower, actually, uh, there are a couple of good ones or decent ones, I guess. You have the Croconura, uh, the one three for three, uh, with reach and evolve. Uh, evolve is always a a nice uh, trigger. It's good with some other cards. And then Leapfrog, 3-1 uh, for 3, gets flying as long as you cast an instant or sorcery. So yeah, if you, if you want to increase the frog density of your judge tower, there are some, there are some cards. Leapfrog is especially good if you're missing the uh, Leapfrogger meta in Battlegrounds, Hearthstone Battlegrounds. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> because they do the exact same thing. <laughs> Close. Uh, um, not even. No. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm seeing a card that I missed on uh, first glance that actually looks really good here. Uh-huh. Uh, Aerith, Tormented Prophet, one blue-red for a 2-4 Human Wizard, legendary. If you would draw a card, exile the top two cards of your library instead. You may play those cards this turn. Oh, yes. I played with this card in uh, a pre-release. Yeah. Uh, thought Reflection on a body. Very yes. nice. Uh, talks about playing the cards, so you can play lands. Um, one per turn. Uh, just a reminder for some people who play <laughs> two lands in a single turn. Not calling anyone out. <clears throat> so 
I believe that brings us to the end of the uh, of the cards that we have. I'm sure there are more. I'm sure we've missed some. Like I, you can do, take a look. Yeah, take take a look at this. Take a look at the set. Uh, there's always some like pretty much everything is fine. We just wanted to pick the ones that stood out the the most. Uh, I do have some magic judge trivia for you though, Jan. Oh, go ahead, Sam. Uh, Aerith, Aerith, the last card mm. we just talked about. Yes. Uh, in a regular constructed format, mm-hmm. or or limited, uh, I suppose. Can you die to an empty library with when you have this card in play? Uh, you can't, because it replaces the draw. Yes. So, um, which is different from Dredge. This this tripped me up a little bit. Uh, well, Dredge specifically, you you need to be able to meet the condition. Yes. Uh, this, this tripped me up a little bit because I was thinking about Narset Parter Avails, which reads each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn. Oh. Um, so the uh, uh, that's the effect I had in my mind in that when what I th- thought was that you can't replace an action that you couldn't do, uh, which oh. it, it is, which is sort of true, but there's specifically a CR citation six fourteen point one one that may that may have changed uh, with every every time they update the comprehensive rules. Sometimes the the citations change. Some effects replace card draws. These effects are applied even if no cards could be drawn because there are no cards in the affected player's library. Okay, so trying to draw from an empty library is different from not being able to do it at all. Yes. So keep that in mind if you are playing this. Actually, no. Narset's Judge Tower playable. If you're playing Judge Tower and you draw for turn and there's a Narset on board and you play an Aerith and then you play uh, Deep Analysis targeting yourself, you will not exile any cards because you could not draw the cards in the first place because of Narset, and the replacement effect doesn't happen. That's correct. Yeah. But if you haven't drawn, like if you've been, if you've had Aerith in play since the start of your turn, you can keep going uh, with Aerith until you would actually draw a card. Really, Narset, heck of a card. Heck of a card. Narset Parter avails. Get one. Put in your Judge Tower. Get the English version. Don't be weird. <laughs> don't, be um, weird. don't be weird. Don't put. Listen. Don't put foreign cards in your Judge Tower. Judge Tower is for learning. All right. No. Uh, maybe if you want like the ultimate degeneracy, throw in your, make a new Judge Tower with like your, your uh, your foreign cards and your textless cryptic command. But uh, if you want to play it with people that you don't know. Or people that are kind of learning. Just use English cards. Don't be that guy. So, in conclusion, Crimson Vow, heck of a set. Uh, yeah. Lots of good cards to uh, to include here. We didn't focus on the day-night stuff as much, because... Uh, yeah, we covered that Yeah, we covered that last time. Yeah, we, we got our fill. Um, and they're really pushing the, the uh, creative envelope with some of these cards. Yes. I really like the Cemetery Cycle here. Yeah, me too. Uh, something I you haven't seen much. So that wraps that up. So for anyone in the know, we are recording this on December 9th, um, twenty twenty one, right before the end of year uh, judge conference. Yeah. And Mister Sam here. Yeah. Uh, somehow got roped into uh, doing a presentation. <laughs> and uh, I, I wonder what I'll be presenting. Um. <laughs> hmm. 
triggers? Uh, I, I, <laughs> IPG stuff? Uh, those were my first two options, but the end of year conference is more laid back, sort of unique, interesting concepts that aren't typically at judge conferences. So I decided to go with, uh, with judge tower. Yeah. So I, I believe I will be recording that presentation. Uh, and I will pop it in the comments, uh, on the YouTube edition of this podcast. Um, yeah, could even uh, upload it even. Honestly. Yeah. I could upload it. Uh, it. It won't be anything that hasn't been said yet on this podcast, but uh, it'll be fun. It'll be a different environment. You'll be able to potentially hear people asking questions if I'm allowed to record it. Oh. Th- yeah, this this episode will come out after that presentation. So we'll, most we'll, likely. We'll try I'm, and make it work. Uh, yeah, most likely it will. I'm not that quick at editing, turns out, but uh, <laughs> it's a lot to edit. This is our longest episode yet, so... Oh. Um, no, I'm excited. You know, mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm excited that our episodes are, are are packed full of content and whatever the heck the intro was at the start. <laughs> that was that was wild. Um, so thanks thanks for listening. If you wanna reach out, we're on Twitter at Judge Terrorcast. Uh, if you wanna see Humble Greek stream, uh, some most of the time he's not, but if he does, <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Humble Greek. And uh, feel free to reach out with any questions or uh, any comments. If you want links to our Judge Towers, they're going to be in the description or notes or whatever. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. So Sam, yeah, face-to-face, Montreal. Montreal. It was a thing. And Calgary was also a thing. Yes. Yeah. Do you have any good stories that you could tell at the uh, in the sign off for the podcast here? <laughs> uh, well, I, I do want to start by saying face to face Calgary. My focus was mostly on shadowing a judge who was very proficient with Event Link, uh, which, from a player perspective, that is the companion app. I had some concerns and some worries about it. Uh, but I do think that the benefits strongly outweigh the the cons and the cons are mostly pretty limited in being able to manually pair stuff which means it, it'll be more common to have full round repairs when something goes wrong uh but i think having players immediately start heading to their seats as soon as we hit the button without having to go crowd around a pairings board it, it, it's all great the digital reporting like everything i, I think it's it just makes the event run so much smoother it, it's it's true um I'm speaking more from a, a player perspective than a judge perspective here. The The only gripes I have with the companion as a player uh, is not including time in the round on the app. They're working uh, that's on kind it. Of, it working. It's coming. It's coming. That's that's one it, of the features that they have told us is coming. It's a it's a complaint, but like some sometimes you just want to know, right? Also, I, I don't like the life tracking on it. I'd rather use yeah. paper. Yes. Um, but so, well, one thing that is interesting though is that when I so I was playing at face to face Montreal the weekend after Calgary, and the head judge there had mentioned, and I don't know if this is officially in policy yet or not. I haven't personally checked. Uh, the head judge said that electronic devices should not be used. Of course with the exception of accessing the companion app throughout the match. Now, the companion app has a cards like a card search feature 
So I wonder if we're going to be seeing more and more players look up Oracle text themselves, because that's something you have access to. Uh, that That is information you have access to at your disposal at any time by just calling a judge typically, or if someone has printouts. So I wonder if players will start, or if they're able to, even within policy, look up the Oracle text themselves through the companion. I believe so. Like, it's one of the things I feel worst about calling a judge over. It's like, yeah, I just, it feels bad being like, I just want Oracle text on this card. Yeah. And I don't want to be rude to my opponent because they're playing with a foreign card, and that's fine. They they can they can play with the card. Um, but well, it's, not, it's not always just it's not always just foreign. Like you, some cards have been eroded. Like a lot of older, no, oh God, saying older makes me makes me die a little inside. But uh, the older templating on like damage spells, uh, can, mm-hmm. some of them can now target planeswalkers. Some of them can't. So yeah. it's nice to know. Yeah, you just I just don't want to come across as rude to the person because I'm like, yeah, I don't believe you. It's like, yeah. oh, you know, that's that's not that's not the goal. I just want I yeah. just want the oracle text, right? Mm-hmm. Like your 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 opponent doesn't have isn't expected to have your best interest in mind, so it's always best to call a judge in those situations. Yes, for sure. Um, and also, Sam, top aided. Uh, top four. The... Yeah, yeah. Top four. I did in fact do that. I. Had not lost a single game up until the top eight, playing a very fair and interactive deck. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, very fair, interactive. Yeah. Goblin Char Goblin Belcher. Char-Belcher. Yeah. <laughs> Goblin Char-Belcher interacting with the opponent's face is yes. very fair. Yeah. Hey, I did have to Goblin Char-Belcher, a uh, creature at one point. Can't remember which one, but... Really? Oh, it was Eidolon of the or Aegis of the the it was an enchantment oh. creature that gave yeah an enchantment yeah. creature that gave them hexproof. Uh, so I had to I had to throw the Belcher targeting that, and then I got to stack my deck, uh, which is not usually the way that that Belcher stacks their deck, but it was funny. I believe it's Aegis of the Gods. Yes, you are correct. Yeah, and. Uh... Wow, it's not even a spirit. I was about to be like, we finally found the enchantment spirit, but nope, no, nope, get wrecked me. <laughs> that's how that's how it be. Uh so yeah, tournament was great. Uh ran real smooth. We had announcements in both English and French, which I was thankful for, being a non-French speaker in a predominantly French province, uh city as well. Uh most uh, every opponent I had, even if their English wasn't the best, they we we tried our best to communicate with, with each other. Uh, I did receive a game loss on the Saturday. Like I played both days. I went four three on the on the Saturday, then came top four on the Sunday. Uh, I received a game loss, which it was uh, it was weird being on the receiving end of one for once. I, I don't <laughs> I, I don't play very much competitive Magic anymore. I play a lot of Magic, uh, but I I often end up judging these bigger events. So I received a game loss for a deck problem. We we got mid-round deck checked eight minutes into the round because I was playing Belcher. And prior to getting deck checked and presenting to my opponent and, and all that, I sideboarded and then I counted my sideboard and counted 14 cards. thought that was a little bit weird because I was referencing a sideboard guide for the event. And I took one card out, making bringing my sideboard up to 15 cards uh, not remembering that I had a companion that was face up on the table, which was oh. my sixteenth sideboard card. 
<laughs> so so that ends up being a deck problem that gets upgraded because it was discovered during a deck check to a game loss. So that hurt my tournament that day quite a bit, but it was my own mistake and I'll never fault the judge for following policy, right? Yeah. I would I would never make that mistake. <laughs> I I play perfect Magic the Gathering. Uh, uh I would never do something like cast a fury instant sp- speed uh ephemerate it and then block a bogle with it. That's oh, no. not something I would do. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he's done that. I felt super bad about it. It it was, it was the worst mistake I've made at a, at a tournament for sure. Yeah.